Hi everyone, and welcome back to Balkansis, the show that's going to help you navigate the massive challenges of life, motherhood, culture, identity, and belonging with more ease, acceptance, joy, and purpose. Thanks to each and every one of you that come back every time to listen, learn, heal, and feel inspired. If you do love the podcast, then do me a huge favor and hit the subscribe button. It really does help spread the word. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Balkansis. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you've had an amazing start to 2023. We all know that when the New Year hits, we set really, really unrealistic uh, resolutions for ourselves. And I thought today would be the perfect time to introduce a fantastic episode with Leonita from Nita Nutrition. Um, she's somebody that I've really looked up to, uh, for a long time. She's also a fellow podcast host for Botta Podcast. Uh, she's also a professional nutritionist and a dietitian. And I thought, what a better time to have her on as a guest, because when we all start the new year, what do we all do? This year, I'm going to get really, really healthy. This year, I'm going to eat better. This year, I'm going to move better. I'm going to blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And, you know, I like to think of it just in more sustainable ways. So I don't set any New Year resolutions for myself. Um, I just want to live my life. I just want to enjoy myself. So I don't like to restrict myself. I also don't like to overindulge. So, yeah, I try and keep things balanced. But uh, we all know as mums, as women, that can be really, really difficult to do. Also, regardless of where you live, Time moves really fast. Society is really quick. We all driving more, moving less. And yeah, I just thought what a great time to have Leonita on as a guest. Um, she's got three beautiful children and uh, she runs a couple of businesses. She just has so much on her plate and she still made time to talk with me. And also we have almost like a 16-hour time difference uh, because she lives in America. So I was really excited to talk to her today. And yeah, we talk just about so many different things. Obviously, we chat a little bit about our Balkan heritage, about where she's from, um, what she's about, uh, how and where she grew up and how that impacted what she does today um, and why she's passionate about helping helping people uh, with their nutrition and with their wellness. And we really talk about it more in a holistic approach. We really talk about how our current modern day world doesn't facilitate, you know, healthy eating. It doesn't facilitate moving slowly, the power of slowing down. There's so many things that we talk about. Uh, We talk about illnesses. We talk about preventative measures. I honestly could have talked to her for days and days, (laughs) like hours and hours. There's just so much I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about having low iron. I wanted to talk about symptoms of hair falling out. We talk about postpartum. Um, after you have your child. We just talk about that busy woman hustling. We also talk about, you know, just the lack of quality of life us women have and how we accept feeling like shit 
just as something basic for ourselves. We just think, oh, well, we're just meant to be tired all the time. That's life, right? Um, but yeah, that's completely wrong. And there's so many little things that we can do to help ourselves on a everyday basis. So Leonie to give some really, really, really great tips. Um, you know, what sort of what you could eat in a day, um, the variety we need to have, um, just also how to rest better, how to more mindfully consume our food and our water, how to properly hydrate ourselves, um, not just with water, not just with H2O. There's so many things that we can mix to help um, our body balance and feel better. Um, and yeah, really just the power of slowing down. I think that's a big one uh, because the new year starts and I think we all just think, bang, it's like a, you know, it's like a rocket. It's like, yep, this year's going to be my year. I'm going to attack the year. I'm going to do this, 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 that. But I think there's just so much air power in slowing down and being mindful and sitting with ourselves. And doing just one little thing at a time. Um, we talk about autoimmune diseases. We talk about where they where they come from. We talk about our culture and our heritage and also survival mode and how that impacts our nervous system, how the nervous system then in return impacts our appetite and what we choose to put on our plate. And yeah, we really connect all the dots in this conversation. Like I said, there's so much more I could have talked to her about and there's so many more questions I wanted to ask her. But just make sure that you follow her social media pages. She gives really good tips um, and there's wonderful opportunities to work with her as well, one-on-one, -on -one, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching um, if you need help. So please, if you are struggling, reach out. You know, we're a community and community is medicine. We're not meant to do anything by ourselves on our own. And that's why, yeah, I called my Facebook group Ivana's Village because it's literally a village. I want to build a village for us women to to feel to feel better, you know, to have more clarity in our life and just to smile and laugh more. And we can't do that if we're feeling run down and sluggish and burnt out. So yeah, as we enter this new year, I just wish you guys a lot of good health. Um and, you know, just to slow down. It's okay. Uh life's not a race. It's it's a marathon. And I hope that today's conversation helps you connect back to yourself and that you can just make small mindful actions um you know for your body your mind and your spirit um enjoy it i really love today's talk i hope you get a lot out of it and leonita's just so fabulous and so awesome and if you love this conversation please share it with your friends and your family you never know who we could help um there's little things that she talks about, just very small changes, subtle changes we can even just make today. And that's how it starts. You know, it's just like building a house, just one brick after another. So thank you, Leonita. Thanks for being today's guest. Thank you for listening, no matter where you are. I've had listeners all over the world. Literally, there's people in Sweden, in Germany, in Austria, in Canada, in America. I can't believe it. So please reach out, connect with me, because I'm just sitting here in my little office doing this thing, you know, um, that I love, that I'm passionate about. And I love connecting with, you know, people from our heritage and our background and our culture. And we're just so smart and we do, we're so multi-talented. Um, there's so much that we do. And yeah, I just want to connect more with that. And I want to share that. I don't want to keep this knowledge to myself. And I just want to, yeah, help other mums do the same. So if you love this conversation, please go to your Apple podcasts or go to your Spotify, 
hit the little subscribe button or share the chat. Um, write me a little Instagram message as well. Jump on there. And I'd love to connect with you. And thank you, Leonita. Yeah, I loved it. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling, guys. Dostald Meneth. I've got so many more fabulous guests lined up and so many amazing conversations that I want to have this year. And I hope that, yeah, this year for you has started in the best possible way because it's truly what you deserve. And can't wait to come back on the airwaves again in the next episode. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy. Ciao. To have a fabulous guest that I'm fangirling on at the moment. I really am. She is a mum of three. She is a professional, fully qualified weight and wellness dietitian. Uh, she's also um, the producer, the owner of What's a Podcast, which is sort of where it all started, which is where I found you, Leonita. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that inspired me to start my own podcast and yeah, connect with my own tribe. So I'm finally really excited to have you here. I've been following you for a while, so I'm not a stalker. Okay. <laughs> I just had, yeah, like uh, people that I guess inspire me uh, to do better, to be better. And yeah, you're one of those people. So thanks for making time for me today so that we can chat. I would love for you to introduce yourself um, and give, give us a little bit of a background story about who you are. Well, thank you so much, Ivana, for having me. I mean, what you just said, like, I, I love that we were able to connect through like such a platform, like listening to each other's podcasts and like being like, oh, wow, this person is out there. Like, let's see how we can connect with each other. And that I, I'm, I feel so like grateful that I was kind of like your inspiration. You know, it's really nice to hear. and. I'm thankful that I got a chance to be here with you today and talk to you. I'm super excited about this conversation. Um, me, too. me too. I can't wait. I have so <laughs> many questions. But first, let's dive into a little bit of your background yeah, story, a little bit about your sure. heritage. Yeah, so I'm a Kosovar Albanian and I live in America. So my parents are from Kosovo and they live there, you know, their whole lives and Around the 70s era, um, my parents decided to move to Croatia um, for a little bit of a better life. My dad's whole entire family actually moved there as well. So it was like him and his like seven brothers, three sisters, parents, like the whole family just like got up and moved because they were being targeted by, you know, Serbia and like different like government nationalists and things like that. So. In a way, they had to, like, leave to for survival. This is something that I learned, like, recently. My dad, like, had never talked about this no. or, like, never really mentioned, like, why he they moved out. I'm not surprised. He opened up to me and he was like, yeah, you know, we were targeted by these people. Mm. And, like, we had to really just, like, leave because they were really, my parents or my dad's family was really high up um, and very popular and, you know, they were Christians and like all this other stuff. So it was just like a lot of like turmoil, mm-hmm. like happening. So they're like, no, let's layers, layers within layers. Oh layers my god! That I just wow. Recently, and I'm like, what? That, you never told me. Don't you love it when our parents tell us shit in our thirties? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like hey, it's traumatic stuff. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like people are in jail. People are in jail. I'm like, wait, what's happening? Like, what's happening? Oh. 
But it was crazy. So anyways, they moved to Croatia and they started a really good life there and they loved Croatia. I still have a lot of family that live there. A lot of my uncles, um, cousins, two of my aunts still live there. Um, so yeah, like they loved it there. My dad loved it there and he ended up going to school, um, graduating as a lawyer, became a lawyer, ended up becoming a judge. Um, and I was born in Croatia. So I'm a, you know, I was always saying like, town, what town were you born in? I was uh, born in Zagreb. Wow. Yeah. So what a fascinating story. Yeah. So I always like to say like, yeah, I'm this and this. I was born here, but I live in America. But you I'm spoke like... also like, you also spoke full Croatian. Like I, I probably all... did. I know yeah, my, yeah. Uh, my parents for sure do still actually, because I have a lot of family that live there and they mm-hmm. all speak Croatian and Albanian and English. They're like trilingual. Um, and my parents still speak Croatian, Serbian, Albanian, like English. So very like a lot of languages going on. And I'm sure I learned a few words when I was, but I came here. So around two years old, it was like in the early 89, 90s. Yugoslavian war started going on, a lot of turmoil again. Okay, what are we going to do? And my dad was like, you know what? Maybe we should go to America. Kind of lived that American dream. He had a brother that was living here and some like other family members. And he was like, do I stay here or do I go there? I was like, he yes. had to decide like what he wanted to do. And he decided that we're going to go to America. So we ended up going to Michigan, Detroit. And my uncle already lived here. So we kind of lived together with him. And it was actually really nice for me, like as a kid like I didn't know back then anything I was just like enjoying life I had my cousins here I had my brothers and sisters my parents it was like kind of a good transition we didn't get like separated or anything like that it wasn't like we were in the middle or like refugees in that way and you were still Um, young enough as well yeah exactly yeah so you know so it was for me my childhood was I always look back I'm like I had amazing childhood like we had we went outside we would play like we had cousins you know my parents were here just I enjoyed it I don't know I just I always look back and it, it was a fun time um but you know as you get older things change and you just kind of become more aware of yourself and who you are as a person and your body changes and stuff like that so like my whole childhood growing up, I always had great experience. My dad always pushed us to go to school and be good at school because, you know, he he was like the first in his family to do, you know, go to school, graduate college and become a lawyer, you know, do all this That's stuff. Awesome. So he was like really pushed at us. And, you know, even the older kids, like my older brother and my sister and my older cousins, when he came to the U.S., he was like, what are you guys doing? Like you guys are failing at school. Like he was so mad. Mm. Well, because like, he saw he saw education yeah. as as like such a big privilege, and that yeah. if you're in a country yeah. where you're able to get the education that you you yeah. should, you know, because he saw where it can take you and how important it is, especially for oh, our gosh. people as well. Like yeah. they're all very well schooled, you know, but if you just mm-hmm. got in the right environment, unfortunately, there's no work. Yeah, but then being in a place like, like America, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the the sky is limitless in a way to a degree. You can sort of create what you want. And it's just that typical, like even migrant experience, isn't it? Like just grabbing the bull by the horns and just coming to this new place and just like riding the shit out of that and just making the most out of it and creating exactly. this life for your children of safety and of security that maybe you didn't get to have back home. So 
how was it like for you growing up then in America? Like you had this beautiful childhood. When did sort of things start to change? And when did you start to take, what did, how did you sort of choose what you wanted to study? So I think it started kind of like, you know, when you're like a teenager, early teens, and your just body's changing and you're just like, maybe looking a little different than other people around you. For me, I was like, you know, more voluptuous, more curvy, things like that. And I would see other like cousins or other people on TV and I'd be like, they're so skinny and like tiny. And like, why am I looking like this? Why do I look a little bit more voluptuous? And I always kind of felt insecure about that. Um, so it was a little bit hard for me to like, I had this body image on like issue for for a little while, but I, I did sports and I really loved being athletic and doing things like that. So I always was, you know, basketball, volleyball, whatever it was, I wanted to stay strong and things like that. But I always had it in the back of my mind, like, why can't I just have like small boobs and like small waist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I got into high school, the high school pressures of like to look a certain way, um, that just built upon me. Like I was like very shy and like kind of like insecure with myself. And also I just didn't know how to take care of myself. Like I didn't know how to eat well. I would eat a lot of like junk food, uh, a lot of like cereals and um, I didn't eat that much fast food because we didn't have access to it that much. Even though my parents, like my mom would make home cooked meals, like stews and mm-hmm. like goulash and like all this other stuff that are like very ethnic foods. I don't know. I just like gravitated towards like a lot of the sweets and like sugary things. And when I look back, I feel like I almost had like some kind of like a sh- addiction to like these sugary cereals. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of like messed with my hormones. But at, at the time, I didn't know that. But it just kind of escalated into these things. And then just body image issues. Like, am I looking a good way? And in, in the Albanian community, everyone looks gorgeous, mm. right? I like models. Well, I was just about to ask you, yeah, how the community, because yeah. I know within our Balkan communities, there's this like, it's like this insular community where it's also so awesome, but also so shit at the same time. Because any insecurities you may have about yourself or about your life, there's like a spotlight on them. It's like that that one person at that party, like Zabava or whatever, you know, even you guys call it, like that's going to say something to you when you're just already feeling so shit about yourself. Like yeah. how, how did that start to sort of pick away at you as you sort of got yeah. into your 20s? Yeah. And it was never like inside like my immediate family because my, yeah. oh, I always felt secure there, but it was always like the outside. Like you said, not that I was, someone would come up to me like, oh, you look like mm-hmm. this or you're like this. It just, you just get that subtle subtle vibes and you're just like kind of like uh do I look pretty enough am I cute enough um is my hair thick enough is my makeup good enough um is my waist tiny enough because you just compare yourself to all these beautiful women that are around you and I know who have like long fucking hair and like beautiful beautiful and they they just look like they're singers on tv who aren't even singing in reality and you're just like I don't know if I look like that Exactly. And then you see them in real life and then you see people like on TV and you're like, well, these are the actors and the models. And you're like, what the heck? Like, I don't look like any of these people. Yeah. Just kind of like fucks up, like fucks up with your mind. Mm. And you're just like, don't know what to do. You start doing like little diets and stuff mm. and you just start doing like, OK, maybe if I lose a little bit of weight here, or do this and do this like really crazy diet. And they never have it never helps those beer diets okay. like they never yeah. really help. And, you know, because I was an athlete in high school, I, I still kind of stayed in shape in a, in a way. 
But when I went to college, I was like, I really want to know more about the body. Like, mm-hmm. How does the body work? Why is it that I feel so stuck in my body? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like stemmed from like my body image issues and then like not knowing how to eat properly by maybe my hormone issues and all that stuff. So I went to study biochemistry at the University of Detroit Mercy. I got my four-year degree in biochemistry and I graduated and I was like, okay, what now? What can I do with this science degree? And somehow I saw this thing about nutrition and I was like, that's it. It just like clicked in my mind that I needed to do something in nutrition and that I could help people in that way because I was always so lost in my own nutrition and my own health. Like, how can I fix myself and then hopefully fix other people? So I went into dietetics got into the program, did a two-year program for dietetics and uh, nutrition, did that, learned a lot, graduated. It was like a coordinated program. So I did an internship and studying, learning at the same time, which was great because I'm like, I already have done college. I don't want to go another four years, you know, like let's speed up the process. Yeah. And yeah, and I became a dietitian and I feel like I learned so much about how the body works the biochemistry and like how to really nourish myself and I just never looked back and I have always like I've never went on a diet since I never went on crazy fads I just always like found like a good balance for myself Mm -hmm. and like I've always felt so much better that way and then just working you know got a job as a dietitian and yeah it just kind of went from there and I've been a dietitian for about like 10 years now so it's been like a little while (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a long time, like as well. And honestly, knowledge is power. And once you have that knowledge, it really does empower you to make better decisions or better choices. Like without that, you don't really, how how would you even know where to start? So what was your sort of, like, what made you go from working in institutions and aged cares and schools and things like that? What made you go from working in that industry to working for yourself? Well, I always had like this entrepreneurial like spirit even in schooling like a lot of classes I took were entrepreneurial based um, in the nutrition field and I just always felt like I wanted to do something for myself and I just like to I always liked also social media at the time I was you know I'm a millennial (laughs) so like Facebook you know started up around like college years and like Instagram like kind of started and I was like oh this is fun um, before that was like MySpace, if you guys know MySpace, mm. like that was oh jam. yeah, oh yeah. I had little raindrops coming down from my account, and a, and I was like coding stuff. I'm like, okay, what can I code today? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I just it was just something I enjoyed, like kind of like social media, um, posting stuff and like Ooh. talking about different things. And I was like, that I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. One day work for myself, but yeah. And we are very no. creative people by nature too. Like if you I don't think, if you see the amount of times that, you know, your dad or your family, like you've had to pivot in your life, it does make you think outside the square and it does make you think like, yeah, how can I do this? How can I go there? How can I like, even yeah, you're only two years old, but still it's like, you still feel energy around you. You still hear your parents' stories. Like all that impacts the way we live our life and the exactly, decisions we yeah. make. And as much as we think, well, we've had this quintessential nice upbringing. You know, you'll never be like that American child or I'll never be like that Australian child. Like even if mm. you did grow up there for so many years, there's always oh a separation gosh. of difference too. Like, so what would you say, like with the, when you worked in aged cares and you worked in schools, predominantly, obviously with the older people, 
because you're seeing them at a, at a later stage, maybe in their life. What were some of the common, common illnesses, I guess, you were coming across and why? Yeah, so I worked in nursing homes, basically in rehab centers and like a little bit in hospitals. So I've seen like the sickest people and uh, the, all the diseases that you can imagine that somebody could have. And it just like dawned on me like, wow, many of these diseases are like preventable. You know, it depends on like how your diet is, your lifestyle, you know, diabetes, heart disease. Like these are things that you can kind of control with diet and lifestyle. And I was like, why are these so many people sick in America? Like, why is this so prevalent? And it just kind of like opened up my eyes of how like the different, I feel like it's so different, like America versus like Europe where the American standard is kind of like so low for people like their diet is just like so fast food junk food um convenience foods and then in europe it's like we learn about cooking like how to make things from scratch like we had to learn and we were like far many of us are farmers that live there or that used to live there and like we just really learned more about how to cook and you know how to grow food and then you come here it's like nobody knows what what is what and, and that kind of just open. Do you think it's also the lifestyle fact, like the economy that people live in? Like, do you think that's a big contributor? You know, because you're living in such a faster pace. Like, yes, there's more opportunity, but with more opportunity, there's a cost to everything. So, sort of everyone's burning the candle at both ends because I know even here, life is so much more fast paced, which contributes to the choices that you make as well. Like, unfortunately, I'm not in a position to be cooking Starbucks for the next six hours, you know on a given day so it, it, do you, how much do you think those factors influence also what's available to us and then what we choose to put in our mouth a huge huge part of it mm. uh, because you know overwork overstress so you're in your car a lot there's a lot of driving here mm. I even know for myself for like many years I was just like constantly in my car and I'm like I have no time to eat when I go home I'm just gonna go to drive through and need something, you know, quick and just call it a day and move on with my life. Um, so, yeah, definitely very prevalent. And it's just sad because it's, just, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of a tricky thing because, first of all, there's like, I mean, I don't know how, like, how much you want to get into, like, mm -hmm. all of this, like. Oh, let's like, get into the nitty gritty, like, right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, over the years, like, I've just come to different realizations. Mm -hmm. um, I always used to say, like, you know, moderate, everything in moderation is fine. Or just, like, eat a little bit, you know, go to fast food place, like, twice a week or once a week, whatever. It's fine. Like, it's, you're still eating healthy throughout the day or, like, throughout the week, you know. But then I'm like, what is moderation? Like, how much is too much and how much is moderate, mm -hmm. you know? And then I realized growing up and seeing all these commercials and this programming for, like, us wanting to consume sugary products pepsi you know coke fast food it's like bombarded on us since we were like born we put on the tv and it's like these commercials eat this yeah. and that and then, then the opposite specter is like that they tell you to eat all this junk food they cause you know the problem mm -hmm. i say <laughs> and then on the other end there's like okay here's diet culture coming in now to swoop in and save the day because mm -hmm. you guys feel like crap you guys feel like shit because you're eating all this food and now you need yeah. a solution and i got your solution here's a diet culture and here's the your extreme diet here's these models and these celebrities holding a pepsi can 
drinking. I like, yeah, Correct. I like drinking. And then uh, two days later, they're like, oh, I'm on this diet. It's the cayenne pepper cleanse, whatever. Yeah. Like, lemonade. So how, diet. how did you feel like then coming in at the end of someone's, like, not at the end, but coming in, I guess, like this problem being created, obviously, that wasn't created by you or even really by the person as such, because it's so subconscious. You, you think you're picking up that food like because you want it but really in reality you've watched that ad 50 times before you've ordered that burger or before you've had that you know those chips so so how did it feel for you then coming in I guess at such a later stage with people when they're already so sick how, how oh, what, what was like the success rate I guess like you see what was the sort of people's reactions when you would come to them and be like well this is you know here it is on a paper like how often will that actually work well, it's it's hard with the older population because they're at a point like they just want to enjoy life at a certain point. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to try to do like certain things to help them. Like, you know, you want to give them a good amount of protein, got some vitamins, but also help their body stay strong. But at a certain point, they're just like they're set in their ways. It's kind of hard at that age to really change. So that's why it's important to do it before you get to that stage and make those changes before. And that's what kind of I realized like, once you're like 70, 50, you know, even 50, like 50, 60, 70, 80, like it's kind of hard. It's, yeah, it's a lot harder to make those changes. Maybe 30, 40, it's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah. Because you have so much more room to like grow and change and correct, um, adjust your ways. Yeah. But once you hit a certain stage in your life, you're just like, well, I just want to enjoy the life. Like, you mean like my grandfather, <laughs> like my dear daughter. It was like, even yeah. I, I'm not allowed, I can't eat bread, I can't eat this, I can't eat cakes, I can't eat. He's like, well, what, what's left? What's left? And I remember someone told him you need to eat like oats or something in the morning for breakfast. Then yeah. poor him and Baba, poor things. Like they were like older and, you know, they're like, yeah, struggling with their health and I'm like literally coming to the house and he's eating oats that he's put, I don't know how much milk in. The ratio was totally off. Like the oats were swimming in the bowl and then he gets sugar. And he puts it yeah. in. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, see, it's healthy. Like it's healthy. And I'm just like, oh, dear. They're like, I don't actually, it's so hard to, yeah, convey. But it's things. also when, when you get older, your taste buds do change. So like, mm-hmm. you're, you're wearing and tearing, your body's wearing and tearing, your uh, senses are getting a little bit lower. So your smell, your taste. Um, they're going to be a little bit on the low end. So you need a little bit more heightened flavor. So you need more, actually more sugar to taste something. And if it doesn't taste good, why are we going to eat it, right? Is that why so, we salt everything? Lonita, is that why? Like, oh, this is just, yeah. My husband's like, why do you put salt? Like, sure, if you've even eaten the soup, you add in a bit of salt. But like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's yeah. already salty enough. I'm like, I don't know. How much does yeah, culture, I mean, culture play part in all of that? Like, yeah, as well. Serious. Because my husband yeah. barely salts anything, really. So. Oh, well, look, his family's Italian, so but he's grown up here his whole life, right? So, I mean, <laughs> he just, but yeah, I believe in seasonings, you know? And even with my mom, she's like, oh, put in a teaspoon. Uh, no ratios. They just cook with this feeling, right? So yeah. how much does culture play part as well in the way that we eat? Oh, oh huge, huge. You look at um, like Arabic um, cultures or um, like Indian cultures, they have tons of seasonings and spices that they use. That for me, I would be like, well, like this is like very high, like this is like too much. Um, but they're used to that because that's what all their foods are are made to be having these spices and these aromas, and you can smell it like literally a mile away. But for them, it's like nothing. They feel like it's not spicy enough. You know, they needs a little bit more. So yeah. definitely, culture plays a huge part of it. 
and you know your ethnic ethnic cuisine mm-hmm. is going to be a big part of it. And you know, have it always like eat, 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 like in our cultures. How much like does that affect? Like, so at the what stage? Like, because I remember, yeah, grew up with eating complexes. Like, it was always just like, here's food you eat. If you don't like it, you don't. If you don't like the onion, oh well, tough fucking luck, right? Like, you just need to. And if you're out there making a sandwich, mum's like cracking the shits at you. What are you doing? Get out of the fucking kitchen, because you know the meal's made. If you want to eat, mm-hmm. so it was always like domage yeah. here, like made from scratch. But how do we? Like you say, it's always better to make it from scratch, obviously. But if I'm making a burger and fries, like, and I'm not getting it fast food, like, how does one know how much is too much? How often? How, like, where do you start to sort of, does that just depend on each single person? Obviously, you can't draw a blanket over everyone. I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be individualized because Mm -hmm. even me, like, compared to my husband, I like to compare myself to my husband because he's, like, just eats whatever he wants whenever he wants. He has, like, no second thought to it. Mm-hmm. I like me. I'm always thinking, like, okay, what did I eat today? Like, how did I feel? How did mm-hmm. that make me feel? So I'm very more mindful and, like, more, like, intuitive about, like, how certain mm-hmm. meals make me feel and how my body is feeling afterwards. So, you know, for me, eating, let's say, a McDonald's or whatever, I could feel it right away and I'll be like oh I feel like oh this is too much for me I cannot do this for like months you know I'm like over it like Mm -hmm. for him he'll be like he'll eat it and he'll be like oh I'm fine he'll eat it again the next day and the next day so like that's it just depends on like how you're feeling but if you just like for a blanket statement you definitely don't want to do it like every day you don't want to eat like we want to have a balance of where you're like including a good quality protein good quality vegetable good quality fruits um, you know, some grains and starchy vegetables like potatoes. Like if you're having a majority of those foods and then let's say you do eat out um, or you're eating a little bit more of those like processed foods, you know, once in a while, like it's precious, you okay. Mm-hmm. But you also just have to listen to your body. And if one person like my husband can eat, you know, a cake every day, he like be a stick thin and he has like no issues. But if I did yeah. that, I know that I would, I would really. But he also doesn't get his period every month. Like he's also exactly. not a woman. Like so his hormones are not changing constantly. You know, yeah. like men's, they're kind of just always in this straight line of yeah. like their yeah. hormones. So it's different with women. And I think obviously women are the ones who are always looking for like the next diet or the next, like, how do I lose this many pounds? And mm. what do I do? What well, there's I- more pressure. There's more pressure on us to look a certain way. So how does that impact, you know, mothers, I guess, first time mums or second or three, how many kids they have, how, you know, those hormonal changes that happen and emotional changes that happen on a mental, mental and physical, emotional, spiritual level. Like I remember as well, my whole life, never had issues with weight ever, literally never ever have my son end up in emergency C-section, come home. I'm a fucking mess. Like literally I am not able to, yeah, like I'm not even hungry. It was the first time in my life where I actually didn't even have an appetite, but my weight was skyrocketing because I was mm-hmm. barely eating, barely hydrating, not because I didn't want to, but obviously because newborn baby. And as well, he was unwell, then I got unwell, there was infections and all sorts of things happening. So where can like, I guess, a new mum, you know, even a mum who has a couple of kids or three kids, where can that person start um, mm-hmm. to sort of, look, where do you even start then when you don't have an appetite because I think there's so much misconception around we eat too much but I actually think we don't eat enough and we don't mm. eat variety 
because it's such a confusing thing for people. They just think like, oh, you're big. You must eat a lot. It's like, no, it's the opposite. I actually ate more when I was skinny than let's say after I had my son. So mm. for someone who's postpartum, I guess more to narrow it down because I do want to sort of focus more on women too at this stage and how to help them. Yeah, just start. How do they start looking after themselves when it comes to that? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I had just had a baby five months ago um, and it was also a C-section. So it, I blew up, like I gained like actually 20 pounds right after it because I was swollen, like the water weight. And I was like, in shock I was like this never happened to me this is my third and I was like how did I gain all this water weight and I was like freaking out literally freaking mm -hmm. out my my legs were like like yeah. elephants like they're humongous and coming home you know obviously with a newborn you're just like all over the place no sleep you're trying to breastfeed and you're just like crazy and one thing I will say is if you're able to like get help have somebody there to help you like at least for that first week first one or two weeks because that really helped me um I had my mom here and even though like I didn't have appetite she like kind of like forced to kind of eat you know and she was like I made you soup I made you eggs I made you you know this and that helped me this time around but also with my background in nutrition and like diet I knew like I had to put I had to put, I had to really make an effort to try to include those foods and also really hydrate my body properly because I was swollen. My body was, if I drank too much water, it would actually do like the opposite of like. Yeah, correct. Like you're always out. thirsty and you're drinking, especially when you're breastfeeding. And then, but you're, you're like, you're still thirsty though. You've drank mm -hmm. all this water. So when you say properly yeah. hydrate, what does that mean? So you're, when you're like that, your, your body's losing a lot of minerals. Well, if you're not getting, if you're not replacing those minerals and those electrolytes back into your body, you're just going to keep like swelling up, keep having that inflammation, even though you're drinking water. Water is good to like flush things out, but it's not being absorbed properly by your cells. And it only will be absorbed if you have like potassium minerals, like potassium, magnesium, sodium, and just like good electrolyte balance. And what I did this time around, which was the first time I actually did this because I was like, I need to do something a little bit more than just drink water. Mm -hmm. And I found that coconut water was like my lifesaver. Mm -hmm. Lifesaver. Wow. Because coconut water has like natural potassium and magnesium in it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also did like mineral cocktails where it's like you do an orange juice or like a lemon or lime juice. And then you do the coconut water and then you even sprinkle a little bit of like uh, sea salt mm -hmm. and you mix that up and that really hydrates your body and it helps you like even helps your adrenal glands to get back into like a good state because their adrenal glands um, release cortisol and cortisol is what's causing us to like have this like crazy like things. We're not sleeping well. Our cortisol levels are really high. So mineral. Um, cocktail drinks like the coconut water with the juice usually like orange or like lemon or lime juice and then a little bit of salt that will like wow. save your life wow that's amazing so can you do that easily if you're not postpartum like even if you just feel like you're yeah. really like yeah. sort of bloated and sluggish mm -hmm. like can you see if you're like you're just missing mm -hmm. those yeah like electrolytes yeah. like 
I read somewhere someone said drink Gatorade. I don't know where I saw that in some bloody forum. And I just thought, really? Gatorade? Like, I thought this is like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's like, good I mean, enough, it? I mean, Gatorade does have like those electrolytes in it, but it also has like a lot of like, to me, a little bit too much sugar and mm. just like unnecessary colors and dyes mm. um, that I feel are not necessary. But you could do that too if you really like Gatorade. But that's amazing. I so like the like coconut coke. water. That's like my like jam right now. The coconut water by itself, or you can mix it with a juice. You could do it by yourself. Yeah. I, okay, I yeah. did it by myself, but then there were times where I just mixed it up a little just to give me a little more boost. But even yeah. by itself, it's perfectly good. Um, yeah, that because even my mom, yeah, even my mom, she was always and like, then like also with the salt, term, like yeah, so a little bit of salt. That a yeah. little, you know, a little bit. Yeah, it helps. Keep everything in balance a little bit better. And then like soups, stews, you need warm food, mm-hmm. warm stuff. And your body postpartum, it's like essential, a lot of protein because you'll have your healing, right? You literally mm-hmm. like we're bleeding, you need iron. So you need all these things to really get your body back into a healing state. Yeah. Um, hydrating, those protein foods, warm foods, soups, stews, things like that, beef, um, so obviously some vegetables yeah. and fruits yeah. too, like whatever. But if yeah. you can get those things first, yeah. you know, if you don't have appetite, just do like a little bit of soups yeah. here and there. Like and is it better, like is it better that everything is cooked? Like, so then if you are doing vegetables, is it better that they're warm? Like, it is does, it, it does help. Warm? It is better to be warm. Like yeah. it's been shown like a holistic route. Um, warm food, especially during healing is like a lot better than just like raw fruits or like raw vegetables and stuff it's better to cook them uh it just absorbs a little bit easier in the gut and your system just feels better yeah yeah no that's what i've been told a lot yeah like always and yeah even when you eat a soup you always feel so much better you just feel like oh like it's just yeah (laughs) food for the soul isn't it so how what is the repercussions of i guess ignoring your health for too long so then if you are in that from that because i feel like it can really drag out like if you don't pay attention to your body how does one even start to be in sync with that with their body how Mm. usually people don't realize until it's too late or until you know they've hit a breaking point yeah sorry oh my god what's going on but yeah how does someone get to that point I guess um where they feel like shit I need help I need to make changes and because it can seem so overwhelming I think people hit their breaking point when they hit it (laughs) when they're like you know having a lot of symptoms like they have no energy they're like constantly fatigued maybe they have gut issues like you know bloating um can't go to the bathroom or like going to the bathroom too much or like massive headaches migraines um, skin issues that's when people start really taking notice because your body's like look at me <laughs> like look at me you're like something's going on and our body is really great at communicating with us if we actually listen to it um so if you notice like you're, you know your hair's falling out and mm-hmm. you know you're getting you know a lot of acne or like a lot of like blemishes and your skin is starting to change like you got a lot of rashes or whatever um headaches um weight changes like this is our body telling us that something's like going on that we need Mm -hmm. to like hey listen up um but people just sometimes brush it off or they just think like oh it's nothing and this is normal a lot of people say like it's normal it's just life and a lot of times doctors will even tell you like oh you're just it's just normal part of life there's nothing you need Mm -hmm. to do 
And then they just get gaslit of of what that's mm. happening to them. And that's when they keep suffering and suffering until it gets too late. And now you've developed something, like kind of disease or disorder. And um, and then that's that's it. And then just have that's to how it's just that. come about, right? Like that's how, yeah, the major things yeah. like it gets like And then they- also maybe you're like too bit bu- you're like, I'm too busy to go to the doctor. I'm, I'm too busy to do mm-hmm. this. And that's the whole lifestyle thing. Like mm-hmm. you're not slowing down. You're just always constantly on the go. and just not taking care of yourself in that way like not sleeping good because sleep is super important (laughs) you're not sleeping good um managing your stressors uh and then when you don't do those two it's highly likely that your food choices are going to be poor too because correct correct it's just kind of like a trickle effect yes because it's like you can be eating the quote-unquote right things but if your lifestyle is not in sync with what you're eating, like, cause I know, like I can be eating something that's good, but if I'm eating it when I'm standing, because I'm in a rush or something like versus I'm sitting down mm-hmm. and eating my meal, or even the way I'm drinking a glass of water, I'm either chugging it down because I'm rubbing around or like yeah. just sitting down and drinking that. So how important is it to, for those oh, two things to marry up? So important because we have like our sympathetic nervous system and then our parasympathetic nervous system when we're on like high we're like moving we're doing our nervous system our our everything our hormones our everything goes to like our actions so it goes away from our digestion so if we're like moving and doing stuff and eating our digestion is not working because we're not sitting still so but when you sit down at a table and you're stopped you just you're still and you're eating it's like that's just a parasympathetic mode. You're just like your nervous system slows down and everything, all the nutrients, all the like, um, all, all the neurons and stuff are going Ooh. down to your gut. And they're like, okay, we're, we're in a calm state. Ooh. We're relaxed. Now we can focus on our digestion process. And then now you're able to digest your foods properly because you're, right. you slowed down. <laughs> and you're not going to have heartburn. Did you, find, like, did you find with your community? Uh, that like, or pe- maybe even the older people you worked with, like the type of con- like, I guess, clients you had, did you find there was a difference between, let's say like Americans with the things they were getting sick with. And then let's say your Albanian community, was there like a common thread in your community, maybe of people who were getting sick or getting certain illnesses, maybe that were more likely. Cause I know when you're in that survival mode and I speak from experience, when you're in that survival mode, like you don't even actually realize for so many years you are in survival mode. That's like mm. number one. Then as you come into a con- different country. And- well, because your survival is like, yeah, you have to. It's like what we were saying before, like sink or swim. So that obviously that it impacts everything. And then because you're asking your whole life, you're like, whatever, it's not really affecting me, but it is affecting you on a cellular level. So mm. then when you become a mother and it's a complete halt, like you literally slow right down there's nothing to slow you down like a baby and speed you up at the same yeah. time and exactly. i remember just sitting there like just sitting there with this newborn like rocking on the chair and it was the first time in my whole entire life i had actually just sat in a chair for like mm. i don't know how many hours just feeding and this and that and and i was just like whoa and then i just realized that the way i had been living my life wasn't really productive or good for me or healthy for me so how much does that play a part as well with obviously the clients you have now and the mums that come to you? What's that common yeah. thread like or where you think, wow, like you saw where it all started to where it is now? That's so true. Oh, my gosh. Because it does take time for your body to like your body is pretty resilient. Like it could take a lot of hits and, you know, function at a pretty high level. 
Um, so it does, it could take like years where you think like, oh, I've been fine and fine. And then um, a lot of times what happens with pregnancy, um, it's, a, it's a traumatic thing. It's like a trauma on your body, um, you know, the birth and then the postpartum. Sometimes it could even alter your genes. So it could trigger something in your system that was like, um, bur- you know, buried. But there just takes like one trauma or one thing to like adjust that gene. Wow. And now it's tr- it's triggered. And that's how a lot of the autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. happen. Um, and that's due to like the inflammation that has developed over time. And then all of a sudden it's like that big hammer that just like popped it out. It lies dormant. Um, and then it yes, just like goes, yes. come in, like literally yeah. like a jack in the box. Like I've been here all along actually. <laughs> And, and that's, that's what, of, yeah. And a lot of women postpartum develop a lot of autoimmune diseases because your body just went through a traumatic event of giving birth or whatever, you know, any situation that you were in, whether natural or, you know, C section, which is traumatic too. And your just hormones are all over the place. Your estrogen is high, your progesterone mm-hmm. is low, and everything is just kind of blah. Mm-hmm. And it could trigger a genetic yes. change. And now your body's attacking itself, you know. Gotcha. Um, and it could be due to like those many, many, many years of how you treated your body before, like maybe um, the way you're eating, your environment and your stressors, all that stuff just like kind of adds up over time. And now all of a sudden it's like it pops. Um, doesn't happen for everybody, but it does happen. And unfortunately, it's happening more and more. So, yes. Um, Why do you think so? Why? Why? Like, do you think we're getting better at diagnosing like do you think we're getting better at screening do you or do you mm. think now it's just become this common thing like what because yeah, Hashimoto's like as well you talk about your own experience on your page like as well um how does one sort of know okay I just need to clean up a little bit and slow down and I just sort of mm. need to redirect myself and my health to okay I need to take this further so is it yeah. when you've made those changes then really not much changes and then what do you do like you go it's to it's funny because like it's funny because I thought that I was pretty, pretty dang healthy for like the last 10 years of my life, at least mm. for the 10 years. Because I was like, that was when I was a dietitian, right? And I knew what to do and knew what to eat. And I don't know, like, it just, maybe the years before that, the way I was eating, I was like, really, I, you know, maybe I congested my liver a lot from like all the sugary products that I would eat. And all. I don't know, like exactly not, there's no like science to say like it was exactly this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the trauma of, pregnancy and stress you know triggered that for me um I feel like a lot of women just go undiagnosed because mm. they think like oh I have anxiety I have depression I just feel like crap and that's just life I'm gonna move <laughs> on and just this is how I'm gonna live yes my life. we accept the fact that we're meant to feel like shit forever as an, <laughs> yeah. as, a, as our narrative it's like well it's meant to hurt you're meant to be in pain and you're it's you know it, people yeah. just normalize like, that's what I mean. Society normalizes that for women so much. Like, oh, yeah. well, it was hard for all of us, sort of suck it up. So mm-hmm. you just think, okay, I'm meant to feel yeah. like shit forever, right? So, mm-hmm. how much does that narrative play into us also not getting help and moving mm-hmm. forward and trying to, I guess, get a solution? Yeah, that's a big part of it, too. And I think a lot of the medical industry, like, they, they sometimes say that, too. Like, oh, it just, you know, it is part of the life, you know, it's part of postpartum or it's part of mm. getting old and that's just normal. And there is not a lot of testing done. So a lot of people are now, I see now more people are advocating and more asking more questions. Like for me personally, like I had a science background and I 
thought to myself, like, this is not normal, the way I was feeling, these symptoms that I'm having. Like, I wouldn't ask those questions. My doctor didn't be like, oh, what do you feel? Like, I was like Googling, I was researching. I was like, this is not normal. Like, what could I do? Like, what do I know? And that's how I found out that I had this issue. And I'm sure 90% of women are not going to go and look up these things mm-hmm. and like see what is why they're having this. But because I had that science background and I kind of like had a way of thinking yes. about symptoms and like <laughs> blooding two and yep. two together, I was able to ask for my doctor, I'm like, I need this, I need this, I need you to ask this, I need you to do this test for me. Like, and they were like, oh, I think you're fine. Everything's fine. I'm like, no, no, I want this test. I know something's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, test this thing. And, and that's what Because it's there's only so much food can do, right? Like if it's not paired with proper medication, if there is an underlying bigger health issue yeah. like this, you know. And people are being diagnosed with just like depression or anxiety and getting mm-hmm. antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication thinking that that's going to solve the problems. Yes. But really what you're having is a mineral deficiency. You're maybe having vitamin def- and you know vitamin deficiencies. You're having just an autoimmune, you know, response. You're you have certain triggers from foods or your gut is not at its prime. Um and these can be helped out with like the diet and lifestyle. And sometimes mm. it's hard to like slow down and you know your mom you're like i can't i don't have time to sit down but you got to make the time you know yeah. you got to make the time because there is time it and has I to be a non-negotiable <laughs> it ha- i think it has to become non-negotiable like yeah. that's what i learned i remember like when i had this light bulb moment that i was born and i remember thinking i don't know what happened i think i got my periods and i was like whoa like my first periods with my first child and i still have to mum through that and i just remember the realization like the penny just dropped and I was like, I cannot afford to get sick ever. Because mm. if I get mm. sick, the whole boat goes under. And it's yeah. like I had to be so organized and so onto it and so this and so that. But then when your kid gets sick, you get sick, things happen, there's life, there's pressures, whatever. And then, yeah, you tend to just put yourself on that back burner, not necessarily because you want to, but it just unravels so quickly on you that you're like, well, how did that just happen? Like, I haven't eaten a salad in two weeks, like literally, or a soup or anything. You're like, Mm. whoa. So I think most people have the, like the good intention, Mm -hmm. but they just, how much does emotion play part as well with what we put on our plate? Like how we feel. Because obviously if you haven't slept that well, your baby's been keeping you up at night, like your appetite sucks. Yeah. How do you sort of do like obviously, I heard my kid crying. Oh, no, no, it's all good. If you have to run, it's your baby. Yeah, I might have to leave. I think yeah. my husband was like, a baby needs to be <laughs> We can hear through headphones, man. We're freaking, it's insane. <laughs> Our hearing is insane. Like, no, you, you have you... to go up and settle in. Don't stress, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, I probably probably like another 10 minutes or so for sure okay okay um, no 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 it's your baby that's like number one but, but yeah. you know when you're like a first time mom and you're like taking a shower and every second you're like hearing screams yes. and you're like running out of the shower rival <laughs> instincts like, are high right now like because you're only like, like, yeah. i'm just hearing things <laughs> no but i think you've summed it up beautifully like because obviously i don't want to keep you too long it's your little one that's like number one i always say like family's number one over anything and I appreciate the time you've given as well. Um, how can people begin to work with you? How can they, obviously, we've talked about the system a little bit. We've talked about illnesses, emotional health, well-being, and sort of 
not treating yourself as, as a, like it has to be non-negotiable, um, yeah, you know, and, and self-kindness, like just giving yourself grace, like, fuck, okay, I ate something bad yesterday, no big deal. I'm not going to like, you know, drag it out and beat myself up yeah. down and punish myself. Yeah. So how can people, how can people reach out to you? How can they begin to work with you? Um, and how can you direct them to, to, I just guess, better health and feeling yeah, better? For sure. So my, my points I want to just like take away from the, from, to give to people is one thing you can do is to start eating mindfully and doesn't mean like you have to like every meal, like just like be like super slow. But if you could just like take a moment, like, okay, stop yourself and be like, okay, what am I going to, you know, did I eat today? Yes or no? Basic question. Did I eat today? Yes or no? You know, if you did it, okay, what can I eat today to like help me feel nourished? And you always want to do like something that has some kind of protein in it because protein is king. It's like it helps our cells regenerate our muscles, um, helps a lot of the enzy- um, enzymes in our body to like do functions. So protein, it could be anything. It could be eggs, meat, chicken, um, what else? <laughs> like beans, um, things like that. Just whatever you can find in your house, like salmons, things like that. So. And then some kind of vegetable. Always have like a vegetable source. Doesn't matter what it is. Okay, half your plate, some kind of vegetable. All right. And then you got your grains. You could do like potato or like starchy vegetables, potatoes, rice, grains, and just like a smaller portion. So that way everything is like a little bit more balanced. And then add some flavor to it, some sauces. You know, you don't have to like be bland to be healthy. You can still have like a lot of taste and flavors. And just like be mindful, like we said, you know, taking the time, slow it down just a little bit. Obviously, not every day is going to be like mm-hmm. slow down. We're a freaking mom. We just got to yeah. go on the go. But just being mindful of it and just make sure you're hydrated and just taking those little times, like you said, in non negotiables like hydration, feeding yourself, just so you can have the energy to be do things around your house, to do things and take care of your kids. Um, and then just feel better and, you know, do those minerals and get your hydration properly in there. And yeah, and as far as working with me, I have one-on-one coaching sessions that I do. It's like usually like a one-month or three-month package. I recommend a three-month because the one-month package is kind of just like you can't get, you can only do so much in one month. But if you Mm -hmm. have like more time together, you could really make those changes Mm -hmm. and really see that success and that progress that you want in your health. And I take clients of all, you know, reasonings, whether you want to lose a weight in a healthy way or you have an autoimmune condition like Hashimoto's um, or Graves disease or any of these things where you have like gut issues like IBS, um, Crohn's disease, things like that, that I can really help hone in on what you really need to do and be like very strategic about it and what works specifically for you because you could go online and find like basic meal plans or like basic things, but how is it, how are you going to know exactly what you need and have like that support and that guidance? And I, for me personally, I can't do things alone. I need support. Even when I got my Hashimoto's diagnosis, I went out and looked for support from, you know, colleagues of mine, like dietitians. And I'm like, Hey, I really need your help on this. Like, can you please like, you know, help me. And I, even though I know what to do, like I still needed that guidance. And I think everyone, no one should go to it alone if you're struggling with your health. So always reach out for me. I do one-on-ones. I'm working on like a membership program right now. And then you can find me on my Instagram page. It's at Nita Nutrition, N-I-T-A Nutrition. And then I have a TikTok as well. 
same same handle. And then my website is where all my information is. We're going to talk about the services. I also have a blog on there, which I'm trying to get more updated on. And that's just www.nutrition.com. And yeah, that's where you can find me if you want to connect and work together. I also have that podcast, which hopefully I can get back into, which I do really want to get back into my Boda podcast, uh, Bota podcast. Yes, <laughs> please. I'd love to live to <laughs> You're doing amazing work, honestly, like three kids, passion projects. It's like a working, like it, it, yeah. it's, I, know, I know how much time it all takes, like being a creative person and, and having all these things, you know, up in the air and managing it all. And so I just want to take my hat off to you, honestly. It's awesome. And I encourage anybody to get in touch with you definitely because I wish I knew you four years ago for example I mean not too late now either but you know I just that resource wasn't there especially working with somebody online within our community I think it's awesome like because if you can't find somebody in your neighborhood go out and search online because there's no reason why you should be suffering with low iron for like 10 years like it's like do you know what I mean the whole thing Oh, oh the whole iron thing it's like i feel like every single woman i know that's yeah, out there just accepts sure. it as a thing so mm-hmm. i feel like it can really point people in the yeah. right direction i mean yeah, we didn't yeah, we just so. scratched the surface it's like a whole yeah, other conversation to be hard. had but it's i'm like grateful from like this to that. no no honestly yeah. but i'm just grateful for the time that you've dedicated and given and i just encourage really really any women that are listening even men or partners to get in touch with you because there's no reason why you shouldn't have a good quality life and you shouldn't take that as your quota just to feel like shit every day to wake mm-hmm. up and go oh well I just just that's part of my life it's part of life so yeah I want to yeah exactly. just um applaud you for the wonderful work you're doing and yeah just tell your wonderful WhatsApp podcast community can't wait to listen to more episodes and your three little babies go run do what you need and I can't wait to talk again and I'll definitely share all of your handles uh, as well in the show notes so thank you so much Avada. this was so great it's great talking to you you're so sweet you're so amazing fun and hopefully we can talk again you know soon and maybe we could have you on the, my yes I want to pick your brain what I like to ask yes. so many questions but yeah in, this is the thing this is what us Europeans do we can talk for I hours know. but I know. not when there's children involved <laughs> to put in perspective there's like a what 18 hour time difference between us yeah so I think yeah. we've we've done really really well so thank yeah, you so I much know. Lonita. I, I appreciate you. it I really appreciate it thank you so much this is fun so that was the episode I hope that you really enjoyed it. And as ever, if you did, please consider sharing it with your loved ones and leaving me a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really does make a difference to the number of Balkan sisters that we can reach with the brilliant wisdom that my guests and I share. Thanks for being here. Idovijenia.